Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. Stock nerds and market lovers, a lot to discuss with you. Let's see, uh, Hunter Bazingo, uh, Don Vandenborg. We are Danny of us today. Danny uh, packed up the bill uh, with the horns on it and uh, took a road trip with the family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you? It's, it's the convertible <laughs> coupe de ville, right? He's driving because AK, as he claims, is not a, his wife. AK isn't as good a driver as he is. And so when Danny plays this back in the car ride home, he'll hear that and he'll have to answer to AK for that. Where does where does the Coupe de Ville <laughs> come from? Where did that start? The Coupe de Ville? Yeah. I think it was Don, Donism. I almost Don imagine. Yeah, That's do, good. Do you remember the Dukes of Hazard? Which, by the way, I don't know if you're allowed to talk. But Dukes of Hazard have been canceled. Like as a TV series back in the 80s, they were canceled. But they've been recanceled because of the uh, the moniker atop of the general. The car, League. right. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. But if you can imagine the character... <laughs> <laughs> what just, have we come to? I'm just yeah. trying to. Pro- I'm just trying to poke Don a little bit. This is my warm up for Don, yeah, right? That like, didn't yeah. take long. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like, like Dan- Danny's not here. Normally, I prod Danny to get some kind of facial reaction out of him, but now I'm like, let me just gently start yeah, to, poke the, right. to poke Don. Sure. Um, but can you imagine Boss Hog? Do you remember what the character Boss Hog looked like from the Dukes of Hazard? I don't. Well, imagine Danny's Boss Hog in a nice okay. way, All not right. not not a rotund, mean way. No, but a good like it's the car that Boss Hog drove in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Cadillac. A Coupe de Ville. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. If someone could research the car that Danny Boss Hog drove. Yeah, Boss Hog. Boss yeah. Hog in the, and I'm pretty sure it had horns on it. Right into the show. Tell it us. It does. It does have the horns. Yeah, yeah. Right and so Don painted that imagery years ago. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, sure, and yeah, so yeah. like when when Danny 1970 Cadillac DeVille. There it is, baby. 1970 Cadillac DeVille. Yeah. Perfect. That's yeah, the one. and so Danny loads up the white Cadillac DeVille, Thanks and he, he gets AK in there, gets. Yet Sid, the kid in there, and his kid, and other kids, and he goes skiing. You know, like, speaking of, last time we were here, there was a wintry mix, and he was driving a car. Did they make it all right? Like, yeah, okay. That can be a nasty I drive. actually texted yeah. him uh, a day later. Okay. Said, hey, man, just check and see if you made it. He, Good. He uh, texted back a ski emoji. So um, <laughs> he hit the slopes. Yeah, yeah, he's on the slope. So real quick, Suckners, this is a really interesting week um, for both bulls and bears with the way uh, it closed on Friday of last week, the way the market started out on Monday. And then you kind of have this massive rebound. And uh, a lot of um, people are confused, right? Like, this is not an easy market. I'm not being facetious, and I'm, I'm totally not saying anything yeah. world-beating world here. But what, wh- why, why and how could the market go up in the face of this 40-year high in inflation? The Fed is now going – they told you they're going to – the reason why the market started selling off on Wednesday, took a really steep nosedive on Wednesday, massive, some of the biggest 
downside ticks happened while right right at the release of uh, the Fed note saying we're going to raise rates. And what they said was they're going to raise rates cumulatively up to seven times this year, which is which kind of expected, but they're raising it more than the, the projected mid rate of rates. And so the market sold off. But then Jay Powell kind of used that phraseology, the softness of we're you know, data dependent, we're flexible. Uh, and then the market just had this massive uh, rebound uh, throwing off uh, both bulls and bears uh, in one day. And then you've had this continuation all while adding into the mix uh, this rebalancing that's going on. And I, you know, some notes on the rebalancing. If you don't understand what rebalancing is, it happens once a quarter. And for some reason, my mind um, always drifts to this first quarter's rebalancing. You, you probably won't even hear me talk about quarterly rebalancing the other three times this year. I don't know why, but the March rebalancing seems to be just this big onslaught of volume every year. And it's no different this year. So uh, index funds, which are um, they're a huge part of the investment landscape, are rebound. Like if you are, um, S&P's got to rebalance, there's weight limits to the stocks that are in there. And if you're a specialized fund, there's weight limits to the stocks in there, and you can't get over a certain amount. So if you started out the year with some energy stocks, for example, in your index, and now energy's had this massive run, you're just by no fault of your own overweight energy stocks. And so being overweight energy stocks, hey, we got to pare this down per our, our, our bylaws, for lack of a better phraseology, our uh, prospectus. And that's how you get all this massive uh, movement in the market. Right now, though, there's $3.5 trillion of just index options that are set to expire today. This is Friday the 18th that we're taping. We're taping at what time? 10, 10, 10 20? Yeah, 10 a.m. Yeah, 10, 10 a.m. time frame, central time. And you haven't seen the massive moving jet that the market's going to make. Like, it, it's just going to be a really wide range, both up and down. You're going to, at some point today, the market won't be where it, you know, it won't be, it's up right now, but it won't be like that as the funds start selling and adjusting and then buying what's been sold off. And like, well, what's been pr- probably rebalanced upward? right? But that doesn't mean that the move's going to stop. And so you want to respect uh, both sides here. So I am going to show you something at home that um, still has me cautious on the bull side, even though, and I pointed it out, uh, by the way, there's two really, uh, there's, there's, I think, a lot of good videos this week out of the four that have been done so far. Don's, Don's got, I'm going to have Don discuss um, the technical indicator he talked about last night. This one uh, was the big tip-off for me on Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. And so um, I want you, if you haven't seen it, by the way, go to the new Revere website, revereasset.com. You just go to Daily Markets and uh, Tomorrow's Insights, excuse me, and then uh, you'll see the video right there, and you can, you can, of course, play them. But what happened with the VIX hasn't happened in almost a month, and the VIX futures have uninverted. And that's, that's a really big deal. So. Uh, these are fresh contracts. And so what that means is that traders are, now they're still close. 2672 is, um, oh no. No, no, I'm right. I'm sorry. I just got dyslexia for you. This is pricing below the May contract, which is pricing below the June contract. That's normalized. That's the way it should be. And that means that traders are not so fearful of this big market drop at the moment. If they were, the month 
the, the current contract with the shortest duration would be pricing above these two contracts. And that's just not the case right now. And so in spite of the Fed saying we're going to tighten seven, up to seven times this year, which a lot of people expected, but again, how much they want to tighten is, is still up to debate and how they're going to trim their balance sheet, because that's the other component too, is still up for debate. And the rate tightening and the, re, and the balance sheet reduction, that, those are two things that haven't ever taken place. But then you add in the specter of this high inflation, which we got some inflation numbers late last week, early this week. They're going to go up dramatically because of what's taken place since February 24th. That picture is not going to get any better. And so you take all this. And then you get these cataclysmic shifts uh, in the markets. You get crude oil uh, selling off and then, and then coming back. And then you have this piece of information drop today from, from Bullard. And Bullard talks about uh, the Fed President Bullard. He's the only one that dissented in the meeting uh, from the other uh, eight Fed governors. And he said he wanted a 50 basis point rate increase, half a percent. He didn't want this quarter percent. He wanted a half a percent. And he wanted to, he wanted to, he, he writes a note this morning that says we need to kill inflation. And he wants to take, by the end of the year, the percent raise up to 3%. He wants the Fed to go up 3% by the end of this year. In addition to balance sheet reduction. And there's a lot of folks saying, well, that's just going to take us right into recession. And so the only way to, to, kill, to kill inflation is demand destruction. So you've got to kill demand, right? And the housing market is having this moment right now. And, yes, it is. <laughs> and so there's not enough. Bloomberg had a piece out, which is uh, pretty interesting, about stagflation has already hit the housing market. And so and I, and, and it, makes con, it makes sense that there's a supply chain issue, garage doors, cabinetry, cement, the lumber, the whole nine yards, right? Yep. It's, there's a supply chain issue with getting it to the job sites. There's record low inventory, and they can't build, they can't build fast enough to, to satiate demand, okay? So there's an issue there. Low inventory, so you're not seeing price reductions right now, even though the Fed has raised by a quarter point. Someone's going to laugh out there that's older, that, that, that's, uh, that lived through the 80s and the 90s. So interest rates are now higher, as high as they've been since, 20, as high as they've been, uh, since 2019. But you're going to hear the words historically low. Because in the early 80s, Don, how high were interest mortgages in the early 80s, mid 80s? I have no idea. I it's, it, uh, 18. 18%, 16, okay. 18%. Okay. 18, yeah, I got 10% in um, 1987, and that, okay. was, that was considered below average because it was through bond money, local bond money. But yeah, so like 12, even 10, 12% in 1987. And so now interest rates are, uh, I believe it's 4.46. When I checked this morning, is the, the price of a, the cost of a 30-year Mortgage, which is what most people get. Okay. And so I refinanced, I think, at below two or below, um, at, you know, right when, um, right after COVID, mm -hmm. had, you know, the shutdown had taken place in 2020. 
So now, if you think about it, it's twice as expensive for someone to stay. Like just just from two years ago, a mortgage, a thirty-year mortgage, is now twice as expensive. Mm-hmm. So when people say these are still historic lows, every, I think that's the wrong. That's the wrong way to look at this. Yeah. Historically, yes, you're correct. Mm-hmm. But from just two years ago. Right. 700 a mor- days. A mor- yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's an even better way to put it. Thank yeah. you, Zach. 700 days ago, a mortgage was twice as, twi- cost twice, cost half yeah. of what it does now. And I think that's the way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And so now you have this conundrum. Supply chain, and we're going to use housing as the model here. Yeah. You've got supply chain issues, but they're going to get better, right, Tim? They're going to, surely they're going to get better. Surely. Yeah, I don't know when. You have record, uh, record low inventory, high demand. Prices aren't falling. The rate raise that you're looking to do to create demand destruction, to slow down people from wanting homes is probably not going to have its desired effect. So you've got on one hand, right? You've got the scales of justice, right? Yeah. On one, on one part of the scale, you have demand destruction taking place. Mm-hmm. In the last 700 days, a mortgage cost, a 30 year mortgage costs twice as much. Yes. Today, April, uh, March 18th, 2022. Demand should be destructive. If you want to go up even more, what do you, you're, you're going to get, People that were struggling to get into homes two years ago, the struggle just got twice as hard. By the end of the year, it's going to get three and four times. If, if, Bullard, if what Bullard says wants to come true, yeah. it's going to get three and four times more mm-hmm. difficult. Right. Hmm. And so then, what if the supply chain doesn't catch up? What if we still have these same issues? Because we don't make anything in America, right? And wow. so what if we, except homes, where we and, can't get the lawn. winners. Hey, yeah. come on. Yeah. yeah. Good people. We make winners. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Good citizens. We ship Carson Wentz to the commandos. Are they the commandos or the commanders? Carson Wentz. Who? No, you Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> That's Our... a deep cut. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, well, the Washington just changed their name. They went from the Redskins, uh, which, oh, yeah, were, yeah, which yeah. went to the way of Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they uh, were just the football team from Washington, which actually wasn't that bad of a it's the football team from Washington. Nope. I th- what was it called? Really I thought it was terrible. Day. Oh, you didn't like it? It was, just, it was, dumb. It was the Washington was football team. Dumb as That's dirt. All it was. Come on. See, every, 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 every like seven minutes, there's a clock in my head that says, says something to get Don. That's right. That like, you know, because I can lose myself in the charts. When, and it, yeah, just bring Don back into the fold. And so when, I, when Danny's not here, anybody's when, a target. <laughs> every seven minutes, there's a clock in my head just yeah. internally that says, say something. Yeah. Um, Funny. No, but they ship Carson Wentz. Uh, you loved Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson. He is yes. not. I don't. Man, I'll tell you what. If you run out on the Eagles, the fan base just turns against you. Passionate fans. They have passionate fans. Very passionate out there. fans. Very and passionate so, fans. And yeah. then, and then, um, Indianapolis. I don't think Indianapolis gets any better at quarterback. I mean, right? But that doesn't solve. They haven't my signed anybody yet. Right? No, no. They're looking to. They're so. not land. I mean, who's out there? Right. I mean, Deshaun. I saw where they're interested in Jimmy G. Ooh, you know um, what? That's a nice which, fit. I, I, if they get them, 
So um, anyway, what what is currently the Jaguars have the best quarterback in the AFC South? <laughs> I would. Uh, Jaguars spent a lot of money recently. We got a lot of free agents. Are the Titans in the AFC South? They've got that Ryan Tannehill. He's not that yep, good. I stand by my statement. <laughs> so, more, more, I said what I said. What, more importantly, what are the Washington team called? Are they the Commandos or the Commanders? Commanders. 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 Because there was a cringeworthy. And Deshaun Watson will be an ex-Texan within a day or two. So um, that, that will elevate Trevor Lawrence to the top of the list. They got a good coach. The Jaguars do with uh, Doug. Get Doug down there. Get, get another, another person who the Eagles fans recently turned on. And uh, the guy gets him to a Super Bowl, <laughs> wins, wins, yep. wins the Super Bowl, and the Eagles are like, yeah, you know what? You need to leave. Passionate fans. Passionate They're fans. Passionate fans in the yeah. Passionate fans. Still the Eagles. Passionate, passionate fans. So um, look, there, there's a, there's a tug of war going on right now with the markets in terms of what the Fed's job is to do right now, which is to kill inflation, and it's going to get worse politically. And you're like, well, the Fed's not supposed to be political. The Fed's political. They're, they're, they're going to have to get serious. That's what Bullard was saying in this note that he sent out. And you can just Google it, a Bullard note from Friday, uh, where he wants 3% and he wants to prove to the public. He, he says this in the note. I want to prove to the public that we're serious about um, killing inflation. Well, that, that's just two words, man. Demand destruction. How do you do that? So you raise rates to the point where people are challenged to get a home. The Fed, the Fed just through no action, just through one action of their own, has done that. The mortgage rates have doubled since 2020, okay? Wages haven't kept up with inflation. Man, we're, we're, but on the backdrop of that, you have the markets rally. And so the signals that we point out to you through the videos, through you know just the red meat videos where you go to Revere Asset and you click daily, you click on tomorrow's insights. What those are the truth, and that doesn't mean to denigrate anyone or anything. That's just what's taking place. There's a backdrop that's very bearish, but you need to be able to see through it. It doesn't mean the market's going to take off and go hit new highs. I don't know if I I'd, I'd, right now I don't see that, but I see what the truth is. That the VIX uninverted on Wednesday, and it's one of the most bullish signals I have to, to lead me to like, okay, prices have a chance to really go higher here. That I understand what rebalancing means, and that when things get beat up so much in the first quarter, like technology has, like if you've seen, uh, Zach is really into technology, like computers. Yeah. Like if I, so if I said, Zach, let me show you a chart of NVIDIA, uh, NVIDIA. which I think, Don, do you own NVIDIA? Absolutely. Yes, Don owns the video. Uh, I've, I've been trying to get a graphics card from NVIDIA for two years because they are so hard to get because they up, are so high in demand. Up, so, yeah. up five and a half percent today. Yep. So, but look at where it's come from. So you're having it from 346 back mm-hmm. in November down all the way to 205. And that's one of the, and, 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 and they don't suffer from lack of demand. No, they don't. So you've had this demand. You know, you've had this group of stocks, and we'll just go label them as all technology, high PE stocks, price to earnings ratio stocks, known as high multiple stocks, get destroyed. Now they're underweight in all these index products, all these index ETFs, all these index mutual funds. Anyone who has a 
a, a proxy to own a certain percentage. Well, you're most likely underweight that percentage as prices decrease. And now you see the high multiple stocks bounce. And being able to see... Tim? Yeah? T-O-T-T, right? What's that? We talked about that last... Uh, <laughs> tell me tell me what it reminds off me. the 200. Yep. Titans off the 200. There you go. And that was the NVIDIA entry for us. Let me, uh, yeah. let me show you that real quick. I'm sorry, Don. I literally forgot we talked about TOTS last week. Oh, TOTS. There you go. It was a good show last week. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'll show you where to find it if you missed it. And so you, you have this massive thrust now in stocks that have not worked. And, to, and, and look, there's nobody. There's like the world is this big, right? No, the invest. And then, so then, like, people that uh, invest in the stock market, whether it's passive or active, it's, like, this big. And then the people that actually uh, are active participants in the market, it's, like, this big. Yeah. And you'd be surprised. Like, people who are super fans of um, the markets are, like, they've got CNBC on and Bloomberg on. Like, they've got oh, all the ma- three monitors. And, oh, there's always you, you, tickers there, running. There, oh, yeah. there are some shows at CNBC that, Average less than fifty thousand viewers. Mm. Like it's not worth. It's the view. The day the daytime television show, the view gets like ten times more viewers mm. than a, than a CNBC show. And to equate it, if you to show you how small of a group of people we truly are, even though this group of this amount of money that's in the markets it controls the U.S. retirement system because that's it, it's we don't we have Social Security, but it's not like. Uh, Europe's Social Security, like our Social Security is based on you uh, in an ownership society buying equities, whether passively or actively, and having those things go into 401ks and IRAs, and then those things inflate up as you get older, uh, and then you cash out as you as you retire, so you have money. Like, that's the U.S. retirement system. Yes. This thing can't fall apart. No. No. But uh, if you th- want to think about how group, how small of a group we are, What's a niche podcast you listen to? Like, I'm really into XYZ, and it's like three people listen to it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, we're a niche podcast. Right. We've built the business off of being niche and word of mouth. And you may feel like you have a dedicated community, but it's still small. So yeah, small. It's still, still a bit it's of a small pond. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, but, a, but an important pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We and so the people that understand or even discuss, hey, quad witching today, right? Yeah. And, and, and truth be told, it's not even true quad witching. Uh, the, the, they stopped single stock futures. It's triple witching. But we just call it quad witching because that's what people are used to calling it. And, and so there's this uh, really esoteric group of traders that trade massive amounts of options on the indices that, and they have a vested interest in collecting the premium that they sold. And that's what controls price. It's algorithmic. And so... Here you have what what's what are the what's the NDX up right now? Yeah, and the NDX is up a percent today. Uh, in the face of all the horrible headlines out of the Ukraine, in the face of Bullard's note this morning, and 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 so just coming to grips with all of that, I think makes it makes life extremely helpful. And so uh, I think because I've exp- oh, and I've got two. Um, I've got one other uh, theory on this. Okay. 
So I've talked about rebalancing, right? Yes. So I, so I set up, and if it hasn't been clear, because I, I didn't lay out, I didn't give you, uh, I buried the headline. Right. We didn't put the table of contents up. Bro. I didn't. I should have. Yeah, that's okay. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to, I wanted to give you a fact-based look. And I want Don to, Don had a fact-based thing he looked at. That's what a technical thing is, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not uh, pulled out of your butt ski. It's on a chart. It's something that you can you can kind of hang your hat on. Tangible evidence. Thank you. Yeah. And so just I just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. He dragged. It's his dragnets. Uh, uh, we should we should label it that. Joe Friday. Don, yeah. 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 The Joe Friday signal. The Joe Friday signal. Yeah. He yeah. got the Joe. Don got the Joe Friday. So we took action. All right. And so I saw Vix uninvert, and that that that's why I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Then I gave you something a little more esoteric in rebalancing and that's why you know because people want to understand it's not enough to just go hey it's a market and anything can happen like that's that's not fair like in the videos we show you uh condensed views of nothing but red meat and what's going on here we get to a talk a little bit about it to give you a little bit more wherewithal so when you see it again you understand it again you, you can you can you can apply the knowledge there's one other thing that's being discussed it's not my theory but I've seen it enough times now that I want to talk about it. So the backdrop of, I mean, oh, and by the way, did you see COVID's back? Don, COVID's back, right? No, I love it. The variant. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. Out yesterday. It's like M and M. You talking about? You talking about this new China lockdown? There's the yeah, yeah, something BA2, about that. BA two. Yeah, yeah the, like like the the Congress wants more money for COVID uh, COVID relief. Yeah. 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 And so uh, more money for COVID relief. Uh, COVID is they brought I saw Fauci. They wheeled Fauci back out on TV. Yeah. And uh, like yep. he's, he hasn't been out in TV. Well, they kind of locked him up for a while. If that if that headline about China is true, they locked down like 10 million people. One world power moves but it, and the but others after they're respond. back at work. It was a two day lockdown. <laughs> oh, oh, OK. The flight the hours. Oh, yeah. The Woo! flight the curve. Yeah. 48 hours. Wow. They opened that. And seriously, they closed down an Apple and a Tesla plant. They got those. And I'm not making this up. They locked them down for to flatten the curve. Yeah. They got them locked down for 48 hours. They closed down an apple and a Tesla plant. That sounds like the start of a bad joke. Apple and a Tesla plant walk into a bar. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so COVID's back. So you've got Ukraine. You've got COVID. You've got what could be setting up is some massive stagflation, which sure. is what we talked about in, uh, you know, with QE and Bullard. Yeah. And housing. I give you now. What people are saying, the market is truly doing. You ready for it? I don't know if I am. This is this is where I actually wish uh, Danny would just appear, yeah. because Danny would have a lot to say about this. I'm sure, he would. The market. I, you've heard me say this. The market is a forward-looking vehicle by six to eight months. Yes. So that so we're in month three. Eight months from now, we're in November. That the missteps of the Fed. By not raising rates sooner, by having to get by having to get more aggressive later, which is what Bullard said, yes, is really going to lead to stand by Zach quantitative easing version number five, where we get stimulus checks because oh. there'll be such demand destruction that. Instead of sending the go- the market into a recession, we'll give the people more money. 
And Pelosi that... called for them yesterday. Oh, she did? Because of high gas prices and, and food prices. I did not know that. And now it's uh... just a crutch. Anytime things go against you, you just so, call out for more stimulus money, make everyone yeah. happy. Well, that's that. I want to talk about, let's explore this for just three <laughs> minutes. <a> move. <laughs> and by the way, my three minutes is probably another 12. So at, I least. Want to, at a minimum. <laughs> Let's talk about this for a second. What we have here now is MMT, modern monetary uh, theory, where we just pay people. We just give you, I, I don't want to come out, I'm not, I, I want people to understand that I might sound like a bear. I might sound anti-people. I'm not, I just want to talk about this. Yeah. Any bears I, in the other room? Do you want me to go get them real quick? No, uh, I think we can put them up on the, on the, uh, Right now on the on the top, the art tile that uh, lets the you yeah, the thumbnail that? that lets you know what we're talking about. We've got Danny. I was right? gonna put him on like a skiing emoji. Uh, can that you get Danny in the car with skis on the rack? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that's and, a good and, bit. And, and yeah. can we get uh, his uh, wife? Okay, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a picture of her, but just make it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> we need Lindsay, I get Lindsay Vaughn with Danny's face on. Oh my gosh! There. Can we do? Wait, hold on. Are we, allowed, the, are we able to do that? Maybe. Okay. I was gonna put him in the National Lampoon truck store with Beverly D'Angelo next to him. Oh my god! Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's do that. That's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Let's Holiday make. Road, let's baby. make sure there's horns <laughs> on the front. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's getting real complicated. Yeah. Uh, well, I what would could... pay for Danny's ski highlights. You, you, you know he's showing off going down the slope. Oh, you know he's cutting it oh, up. Sure. If anyone's he's got see... some kind of loud yeah. pants. I love it. Yeah, yeah and, and he's doing oh, like helicopter. Oh, and... hey, by the way, if you could do that on the side, moguls. Okay. Danny's face on Boss Hog's body in a flip. All right. Like 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 find an Olympic uh person who's hot who's doing the moguls or the, uh, the moguls. Yeah, like or like the ski jump. I forget what they go. We watched a ton of it with yeah. Remy. He loved it. All right. And so. Uh, like shredding, but shredding on someone's like like clearly they can't do this type body, which I would think would be Boss Hog. Yeah. Oh, we're King Kong Bundy there you go. from WWE. King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy. My God, right? <laughs> like that seems. Oh, I got down there. That seems like Danny in yeah. a. You know what? King Kong Bundy or George the Animal Steel in a singlet or in the trunks. Perfect. Danny's head. Yep. Uh, shredding off to the side, right in the mountains of Colorado. Yes. And then in the car getting there. All right. Yes, it'll be like a scene, storybook thing. Oh, it's so. YouTube.com slash Revere Asset Management is where you can find these. Oh, you know videos. what? Yeah, let's do that. But that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's where can I, people find these things? That's where uh, I was going wow. to. Yeah, like, listen, if yeah. you ever want to tell friends how they, they're like, I'm not going on their site. They're going to spam me. Listen, if you subscribe to get our videos, that's all we send you. We never, ever talk to you. If you want to absolutely positively ask us questions, you got to email us by hitting, you go to about, about, about strategy, and you click, you just scroll your little mouse down, see our, our portfolios that we manage here, and you can see the shop, right? And then you're like, you know what? I just don't want to email y'all. I want to call y'all. And you just call. And if you're on your mobile phone, you literally just touch it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and an operator is standing by to connect you. New website looks good. Come check it out. Yeah, and so it's all there for you. But uh, you go to, if you like, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Just tell them to go to YouTube, search for Vera Asset, all of our anal. Uh, Annals. Annals? Ooh, Analytics? I'm pretty sure it's not an annals. Analysis? Annals. What, like a uh, volume of videos. Can we, it's yeah, on, is I it? I mean, yes. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our library We should just content. not call it our annals of, uh, annals of videos? Yes. <laughs> yes, very we much, should, yes. Very much. Very much not calling it that. <laughs> the, uh, Yes. I think it's annals. I think annals is the word I'm looking I, for. Like them. the annals of history. Yes, yeah, but yeah, how could... Uh, don't want that to be the annals of history. Woo! 
Yeah. What are you getting there? I like that you didn't stop to stumble and think of a new word. You just rolled right through with it. Barreled yeah. ahead. That's, yeah, that's what yeah, we do here. Always. So let's let's discuss MMT for a second. Yes. Because I have a note here in my um, just I have a note here that that's not a big time strategy. We've talked about it, but not the way I'm about to phrase it. Don, so I have a theory that the market, because of MMT, let me get these charts back. This is fine. Because of MMT, can you put the boys back up there for me? I absolutely can. Thanks. The, what Hunter said is so interesting. We're just going to pay the people. That's what you said, Hunter. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, just using it, at least in this theory, using and, it yeah. as a crutch, more yeah. or less. That's, but that means, what that means is that the market won't ever go down long term. That we're not going to see a 2008 again. That's the whole point. That we never see that level of demand destruction, which was caused by upwards of 15 consecutive rate raises from 05 through 07. Oil was doing what it's doing right now, except oil's doing it more than it was in that period. And housing got destroyed. Like, it's all there. But to prevent that, we're going to just pay them, pay, pay everybody. And that's going to, so, Don, the stat you released uh, February 24th, Thursday. Uh, we did the show Friday on the 25th. And the market got what percentage below the 21? And that historically to you, to you or that you've seen is when you step in and try to buy it. Is it 10%? Yeah, it was the, it's the, the 50 day, 8 to 10%. Yeah. 8 to 10% below the 50 day. That is a historic oversold level. And it makes sense to go in there and buy it, especially when it's coupled with an incredibly high put call ratio. It doesn't feel good. But then you get some confirmation with some massive tick buying. And that's what I think you wait for. Now, we're just discussing this like we're friends at the pub, right? And so if you just, just don't even try to short it. It's so hard. Are you, you gotta, saying wait for it again to happen? Wait, wait for it again to happen. And when you, like, don't even, like, if you're at home and you're frustrated by this market, wait for the destruction to happen, knowing that the backdrop is there's a put somewhere. It's either the Fed put or the government put meaning that there's going to be a floor put under the markets and you can go in and buy it. And what people are theorizing, and it's a theory, it's not my theory, I just find it super duper interesting, that QE5 is already being priced in. That the markets, on the backdrop of everything we talked about at the top of the show, are actually rallying because the, the market being a forward-looking vehicle is going to be saved by tax dollars. Interesting theory. QE5 yeah. is already being priced in. That there's going to be monetary, that the Fed's going to cause, uh, um, I don't know about a crisis, but it's going to cause the market to go down so low that, um, that the, the, the government's going to step in with stimulus checks. And by the way, the easiest thing they can do right now is relax the federal income tax, relax. The federal tax on gasoline, which I believe is 18 cents a gallon. Okay, so that's so that'll put pressure on the states to do a state tax holiday, right? 
And so then you'll get upwards of anywhere, depending on your state, upwards of uh, 30 to 60 cents of price relief on a gallon of gas. And then you'll get what, what are, they won't call them price controls, but the political pressure, they're going to drag the oil CEOs up the hill and they're going to skewer them like they did the banking CEOs um, after 08. And they're going to put political pressure on them to, um, whether it's feasible or not, I don't know their business well enough, that they're going to have to sell their products at cost or lower. Probably not good for the oil stock. Like there's a lot of interesting dynamics happening. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the thesis that the government's going to step in and do what they did in 2020, should, the, should stagflation hit, should something god-awful happen from Ukraine and Russia, should something awful come about from a COVID variant, and the markets, because the markets aren't feeling, right? They're not emotional. Mm -hmm. They're algorithms. The computer programs are ones and zeros, man. And the markets rally. And so a lot of people have trouble reconciling that. And I don't think that QE5 theory is too far off the bat. Because you can talk about we have a strong economy. The reports that we get that signify that we have a strong economy are all looking back. The only forward-looking reports that really that you get, and I know there's a whole leading indicators report. The most important one to me is consumer confidence, which has been dropping tremendously. And if without confidence in the consumers to go out and spend money, an economy that's 70% service-based is absolutely in trouble. But they're not going to let it fail. And I... I I kind of think that that QE5, can you give me a QE5 graphic? Is there something fun we can do there? QE5. You know, for stagflation, yeah. can we put, maybe find a picture of bullard hunting, trying to kill inflation? Yeah, but a stag is a deer. Right, like a deer getting inflated like a balloon. I mean, stagflation, you that's, can't go wrong. That's what yeah, I'm talking that's... About. Nobody knows who bullard is. If you oh, oh, okay, well, since nobody knows who bullard is, let's just do Danny. Perfect. <laughs> Okay. Danny, yeah, Danny on Bullard's body. That's the secret. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the right. secret. That's, yeah, Danny's yeah. face, Bullard's body, hunting Bambi, yes. who happens to be a balloon in the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. So now, Don, what is the before you, before you do twenty one over twenty one? Uh, I just want to isolate uh, the technical signal you saw uh, that led you to do some buying on Thursday. It was more confirmation, not the trigger itself. The the thing that forced the buying was the, the price and volume action in the indexes and uh, institutional quality stocks. And uh, but the the what I talked about in the video is a stochastic that's uh, part of MarketSmith software that we use. And on a weekly chart of the S and P five hundred, we're coming back up off of oversold and heading higher. And the last three or four times that happened on the chart that it showed, it was, uh, let's just say it puts the risk reward in your favor. Mm -hmm. If it fails, it fails. Um, we're prepared either way. Uh, but big moves made in the indexes uh, each of the last four times. And it was coming off of the uh, bear market in Q4 2018. It was coming off of the COVID low. Uh, it was coming back a, a pullback uh, earlier than 2018, but it's the same signal. 
Um, it's fact-based, it's not opinion-based, and it just is a good risk-reward uh, scenario to t start taking long positions uh, in the indexes and in leading stocks, and that's what we started doing this week. And what's interesting to note, if you're at home listening, and we talk all those bearish things at the top of the show, there's nothing in that analysis. When Don says it's fact-based, that's the beauty of a technical signal. signal. And that's why we talk about them so much on the show. Because there's a million and one reasons to not like the economy, not like the market. But if you're leading with your, if you're trying to figure out and leading with your heart, you have no fight. You have no chance against the algorithms. You have no chance against the machines that truly control the market right now. And so those representations uh, help give you a sight picture of what's really happening. So appreciate the explanation. If you want to see the whole video, revereasset.com. It is the video labeled uh, Market Insight. This technical indicator says buy plus five growth leaders. Hunter, with that. Oh, Hunter, I wanted to show you this, man. Um, I saw an interesting story. Hunter is our resident gambling expert, not because he's a degenerate, <laughs> but because he enjoys uh, parlays, and I think he enjoys the math behind parlays and, and a whole bunch of other things that make Hunter interesting to talk to. I enjoy the conversations we have around gambling. Just want to show you some daily charts of pen um dkng and i i read something hunter that i purposely didn't talk i was gonna i was actually gonna text you the article and i'm like no i don't want to do that so um market share of gambling right like uh, DraftKings had an issue uh, last night and so um where their app went down and people couldn't reinvest uh their wins uh and more which means the house can't get their money back that people lost one and it was down for about an hour but that's not the point of the story it's how you acquire customers. Because right now, all these apps, what is there, PointsBet, Hunter, DraftKings, Penn? It's depending upon the state MGM. you live in. MGM? MGM's a big one. MGM, DraftKings, Penn. The Caesar, uh, Caesar's, uh, Caesar's Caesar, has. Caesar has an app, I think, now, too. So you, you got all the players kind of stepping in now. Yep. And so... Uh, Commoditized. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so mm. then it comes down to, if there's really... I mean, it's it, you either win or you don't, right? And so user experience, being part of the crew. So what Penn did by hiring, by buying Barstool, you know, parts of Barstool, they're in Pennsylvania, their uh, percentage of take to how much they spend on marketing yeah. is 30%. And I don't know if that's, uh, you know, like historically what, Percentage of marketing you have to spend, no matter the industry. 30% return on marketing is pretty good, yeah. Okay, so DraftKings and the other apps in Pennsylvania that are allowed to uh, participate in the gambling in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. they're 100% or higher. Oh. Well. So when you see <laughs> oh, wow. the, the, well, demand destruction is the word we'll use. It's the, demand destruction is the word of the day on Friday. Today's episode has been brought to you by the letters D and D. For demand destruction. Demand destruction. Not Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and so um, when you see this high of 74 down to 20 or 19, like what happened? They're spending 100%. Now, this is one state. They're spending in Pennsylvania 100% of their take on marketing. Eventually, you have to make money, right? Eventually. And so uh, I found all that interesting. 
Hunter, what app do uh, your, your, does it matter? Are you app agnostic? Well, so the, it does, yeah, it does not matter. It really just depends on what's legal in your state. As, as we know, it varies state to state. Uh, but <clears throat> DraftKings is typically more used for fantasy gambling, which is a little bit different than your parlays and your betting on spreads or straight up winners. Pin would be more of your traditional casino, more of just your standard parlays, no fantasy gambling. Uh, so they do have a little bit of different exposure, but uh, DraftKings, the problem with DraftKings and some of these others is like, just like you said, they're having to spend so much to get customers to spend that same amount of money on their platform. Uh, too many people go on there and they lose 20 bucks, lose 50 bucks, and they never play again. And that's what they're, they're in the, I guess, the, uh, the abyss of trying to figure out how to get people to stay on their app, spend money spend more money when they first get on that type of thing. Cause right now, obviously stock prices, I mean, pin is now at a less than one PE. Um, not very long ago, they were much, much, much higher than that. So uh, they've certainly had that re-rating as we've talked about or uh, re-evaluation, PE compression, that type of stuff go on. Super interesting. I didn't realize pen was down to a less than one PE. That's, which makes me want to do a study now on uh, when when do stocks bounce based on? I bet you there's a way to do that. Do it's a gotta study, yep. surely. Gonna look into that. Uh, Hunter, what are you looking at, man? On your watch list, yeah, man. So I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of what you guys did. Uh, so Don talked about a technical buy indicator, uh, essentially the weekly stochastic, which is very similar to like a MACD if you've ever heard of that before. Uh, and then Tim, you talked about the uh, the VIX uninverting. So two non necessarily not related to individual stocks. In Don's case, more it's related to the index. Uh, Tim, in your case, it's related to the broad market and volatility levels. So what I was going to show was some examples of stock and a sector uh, also showing or flashing possible buy indicators slash big time changes in character. So we already talked about one, but Tim, if you'll just pull up NVIDIA on a daily Got it. And this is these are just some other signals you can look for in what I would call imperative stocks to the market. And what the two stocks we're about to look at are NVIDIA and Tesla, as we all know, very, very important to the uh, U.S. economy as well as U.S. stock market. But what I want to highlight here on NVIDIA is this is the first time since the beginning of the year that NVIDIA has closed above the 50 and we're heading for two consecutive closes above the 50. OK, not to mention just that, but. We've also got what looks to be like a successful 821 cross. Heck yeah. uh, it has not been able to muster that up. Uh, last time you had a, the eight basically touched the 21 and it came back down uh, right there in the middle of the screen where Tim marked. Uh, but so the, the point here is we're above a downtrend line on the video for the first time since the start of the year. We're back above the 21, the eight, the 200 and the 50 for some consecutive closes since the first part or the first day of the year. So. Over the last two and a half months, this, this is a big change in character from how NVIDIA has traded since the beginning of the year compared to the last couple of days. So doing some things that are encouraging, uh, especially from a risk on standpoint, you're seeing some of that happen. And then Tim, if you'll pull up Tesla on a daily, it's a pretty much a very similar uh, situation. The only exception is Tesla is getting above the 21 really for the first time since the middle of January. It, we've talked about this on our daily market insights. We've talked about it on the podcast that uh, that 21 day exponential moving average had been a brick wall on Tesla for the better part of the last two months. 
over the last two days, we have now closed above it. Looks like we're going to have two consecutive closes above the 21. So here's two, you could call them indicators, you can call it whatever you want, but two big time changes in the negative character that we had seen in the market, particularly in those two stocks, uh, showing some signs of life here. And then lastly, I'm going to, Tim, if you can pull up XLY, this is a sector. Uh, so basically, we're going to kind of be looking at it in the same light. And XLY, this is your consumer discretionary, has been about as bad as it can be as far as sectors go year to date. But we have now had three consecutive closes above the 21. We're borderline getting an 821 cross. And we haven't had consecutive closes above the 21 since the year started on a sector here. This is XLY, consumer discretionary, dominated by companies like Amazon, for example. But I just wanted to show this because not only do you have, you know, potentially a stochastic crossover or you've got the VIX uninverting, take a look at these leading stocks as they can provide some indication as well as to what's going on. And obviously we've seen Tesla and NVIDIA follow through nicely today after that initial what looked like to be a change in character. So I just wanted to show those a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, and then, Tim, I actually do still have a pretty good bit of stocks, too. So I'm going to start Let's running through those pretty quick. If that's cool. Um, first, solar. We've talked about these a little bit. Tim, you can pull up Sedge, S-E-D-G. Read your mind, bro. This is kind of one of the hottest, hottest names in the group right now. They had a uh, secondary offering come out, uh, some news basically over the last week. I believe it was priced today. And quickly reclaim the 300 level, quickly reclaim the 21 EMA. Uh, so we, this has been a very volatile sector. There's no getting around it. Specifically, SEDG, this company here, and Enphase, two of the leaders, extremely volatile price movement. So just be aware of that if this, if this is a position that you're considering. Uh, they can easily be up 5%, 10% and down 5%, 10% on any given day. So keep that in mind. But we're seeing constructive action out of these names. In phase, trying to get back above the 200-day solar, the ETF itself, T-A-N, mm -hmm. uh, hanging out, respecting the eight-day after coming back to test the 21. So uh, this, this uh, area is actually acting pretty well. And interestingly enough, it's acting well when energy prices are soaring and energy stocks are soaring. So it's something to think about here is, uh, are, is solar becoming more of a viable alternative as energy prices, not just crude oil, but natural gas, you know, and uh, things of other natures like that, as they become more and more expensive duration, does solar begin to be looked at as a much more viable uh, alternative here in the near future? So something to think about. Price is obviously reflecting something going on. There's some pretty big volume, not just on the ETF, but on those individual stocks as well over the last couple of weeks. So. Uh, moving on, Tim, we pull up XLV, the healthcare ETF. Yes. So this sector has been showing some really nice strength and also hasn't been extremely volatile over the last week or two, while the market has been very volatile. Uh, really respecting the eight day, if you're looking at XLV here, since it kind of came back and consolidated in the moving averages, moving up nicely over the last five or six days, as you can see there. Uh, but one of the best names in the group is UNH, and that's probably your most recognized managed medical care name out there, but it's actually picking up a nice little double bottom pattern. Uh, it's poking its head above that 500 level, trying to clear those previous pivots. As you can see, Tim has that first one on the left-hand side is 509.23, and the second high is right there around 500. This healthcare sector, the, you can see the RS line if you pull this up in MarketSmith. 
not only on the XLB sector ETF, but on a lot of these stocks continuing to angle up more or less for the entirety of 2022. So we're seeing this healthcare uh, area hang in there and act well, as well as some of the uh, big pharma type names like Pfizer, for example, Tim, if you pull up PFE, this has had a pretty nice couple of weeks too. Uh, some of these big names, Pfizer, Regeneron, uh, names such as that really have had a good response over the last month or so. And lastly, Tim, I'm going to move through these pretty quickly. Gold miners continuing to act pretty well. You can pull up GDX. We don't have to necessarily run through the individual names, but uh, pulling back after a really strong move, but it appears that they are putting in a healthy consolidation, maybe, maybe even a little bit of a flag there. And last couple here, Tim, and this is going to be the last three. So PWR. This is a, a ticker we've talked about a decent bit on the show, uh, but just as of recent, had a, a gap up on earnings that has led to this big run back to uh, these 52-week highs here right around 125. So uh, this one, another one where the RS line is continuing to angle upwards, trading near highs. Also, this is a company that has some exposure to the renewable energy space, um, as well as they, they do construction for oil and gas pipelines and things like that. But uh, a name to keep an eye on as it came across some of my screens, really nice RS over the last few weeks. Another one that we've been talking about, Tim, uh, DAR. I think we talked about this one last Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Came back in and kind of tested that 200 day and has since moved up a little bit off of that, putting in a nice cup and handle action uh, on the daily time frame, really going back to about October, that 85.98 high. Uh, to this point in time. And then last one, Tim, I know I went through a lot here, but DAC, this is a transportation uh, shipping company, which has been one of the hottest sectors sorry, B, for areas. Which, give me that. DAC, tip. my bad. Thank you. D. D, Delta. I'm like, that's a, go ahead, buddy. Yep, so a, uh, a nice trip to the 21, ultimately rounded off, and we've come back up and we're challenging uh, highs. We actually have made new highs. What I'm looking for here on this one is if it pulls back into that pivot. So the first pivot was 102.95. It got through that. We're still above that. But what I'm watching for is if that 8 EMA becomes, uh, moves up in confluence with a retest of that pivot. So on DAC, say it comes back and test 102.103-ish, and say that corresponds to the 8-day, that's what you're looking for here as turning that previous high into support and also having that 8 be a little bit of a uh, added bonus there. So that's kind of what I'm watching on DAC. This has been one of the strongest sectors. ZIM is the big leader here, uh, but DAC doesn't look too bad either. So I know that was a lot of information, man, but that is going to wrap it up for me. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Don, what you got, buddy? Own a piece of ZIM, which is also a leading uh, transportation ship company. Uh, on two, as of Monday and Tuesday, nine of the 21 over 21 had broken below their 21. As of Friday, right now when we're filming this, eight of those nine have recovered the 21, and that's symbolic of what's going on with the market. It seems Monday and Tuesday was the last shakeout. Uh, we rallied Tuesday going into the Fed. We had a harsh pullback when the Fed statement was released. Uh, but then afterwards, we blew through the 4290 resistance area on the S&P that had been uh, stopping any forward progress. Uh, and then on Thursday, we pulled back and tried to test that. 
that same level, 4,300, 4,290 on the, on the S&P and also on the NASDAQ 100. Buyers came back in supporting it. So that's a very important concept of resistance flipping to support. And right now we're testing resistance at that declining big red line that you're showing there. That's the 50-day moving average on the S&P 500. This is the fourth day up off the bottom. I'd like to see a little bit of sideways action here. Uh, to allow, allow some stocks to catch their breath. There's also been, there were five leaders that I talked about uh, on Thursday's video. Check that out. Um, Hunter will be doing the big show tonight and um, we'll be uh, putting together the updated 2121 list. As of right now, only one is dropping off, but sometimes we, we punt some out if some really strong stocks uh, need to nose their way in there to the 21 over 21. So tune in for that tonight. I'll tell you what, uh, with that, Zach, we're yes. coming to the end of a, what I think is a fantastic show. Uh -huh. What we're going to do here is have um, Real Fake Danny do the short outro that Danny is known for. Okay. And then we're going to come back to me for one last thing. That, uh, Don, are you ready for real fake Danny? Always ready. Oh, see, see, he's here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Real fake Danny. Tell us, tell us everything we need to know when we close the show out and I'll come back for one last thing. Well, folks, if you like what you heard here, tell your friends, <laughs> tell your neighbors, go on to revereasset.com. <laughs> You can call us anytime at 855-REAL-WEALTH. That's 855-732-5932. And we'll talk to you next week on your money. My goodness, Almost that worked. was so great. <laughs> I tightened up a little. Oh, perfect. It's not oh, bad. Do you want to do it again? No. I no? Think it's, I think you got it? I'll blow, I'll blow that up next time. I'll make it Do work. you think Danny now is going to make them watch the uh, show on the drive back I from Colorado? I don't think that. No. I do. I've got it. I you got can it. just, you can just, there you go. Yeah, you can just line up. Next time. <laughs> next we'll time? Next, oh, yeah. Yeah? Next, next time. time we need, next time we need to sign off. We <laughs> that yeah. is so God, awesome. Man. You oh, could I'm get his lower lip to flap while I'm talking. That would be just. That uh, that would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be next level. I'll do it like the that was an old, in South that, Park. That's yeah, an yeah, old. Move um, the bottom of his mouth. Yeah, perfect. That's an old bit, uh, I think, from uh, Conan O'Brien. Where he'd, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd, have, he'd have people. Like the jib jabs, flapping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stockers, market lovers, listen, one last thing here. If you want to see uh, the note that Bullard put out, uh, you can shoot me a note. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get it. I'll get, I'll get this note in the YouTube show notes and the uh, website show notes uh, that Zach's about to post. But uh, Bullard explains his recent FOMC descent, and it is a super interesting read. So with that... We'll see you next week on Your Mind.